Thank you for tuning in to Carbondale Historical Society's podcast. This episode is part of our This I Remember audio archive. This archive are interviews conducted in the 1980s and 90s by Mary Ferguson, a longtime resident of Carbondale, born in Spring Gulch. These interviews aired on Katie and Kay and were recently donated to the Historical Society by Mary's descendants. The Historical Society wants to thank Katie and Kay, Seven Stars Rebecca Lodge Number 91, Alpine Bank and Meredith and Dan Bullock Ferguson's family, as well as the many other donors and volunteers who came together to save these tapes and make them forever available to our Carbondale community. Enjoy. This, I remember Mary Ferguson, Katie and Kay, Carbondale and beyond. Tonight, I am having an interview with Jerry Johnston, who is my favorite disc jockey, however. Thank you very much, Mary. And uh, my favorite mechanic as well. Today, yesterday was Potato Day. Today is, I think, the first annual get-together day for Satank. So we're going to talk about Satank as it started. Satank almost became the town. But as the railroad came by, Carbondale became the town. Jerry, tell us something about Satank and how it all got started and all. How it got started. Originally, Gladys Ballard's ancestors homesteaded the land that is now Satank. And Gladys still has a beautiful house facing the river on an original spot of her grandfather's homestead. Wow, yeah, uh-huh. Um, well, you know, uh, the original settlers, or the original settlers to make a difference, um, uh, Dinkle and Zimmerman, Yes. they arrived in this area probably in uh, 1881, and uh, along with Ottawa Canny and her husband Harvey, and they set up um, a store and a stage station, but they never really platted this area as a township. So when uh, uh, Isaac Cooper came in 1883, there still wasn't a town here. No, there was, was just Dinkle's store yes. and Tanny's uh, stage stop. So and their post office. Right. The uh, Satank Post Office, which was originally located, used to be down in the first yes, street right there here across from... Uh, where Sophie Padborsik used to live. Right, exactly. It was the first post office around, around that Ottawa area. Tanny. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so Isaac uh, Cooper, who was a Civil War veteran, I believe he was, he marched with uh, Sherman in the March of the Sea, and I think he might have been, I'm pretty sure about this, he did a stretch in the Andersonville um, prison of war camp and contracted uh, maybe a mild case of tuberculosis, which might have been his demise. Um, I, I'm speculating here, uh, although the story goes that you know, it was uh, diseases that he picked up in Civil War camp that, you know, everybody thought led to his early death, Isaac Cooper's. But he, Isaac Cooper, was the first one to plat out a township in this area, which uh, is the area that we presently know as Satank. Um, he did that in 1883, um, Planning it as the Cooperton Township, and um, started to build a town. Yes, yeah. they had a 
post office, uh-huh. a hotel after a fashion. And now, also there are bricks still scattered in this in this tank area that was to build a large, beautiful hotel that never got built. Now, uh, you saw the structure of that hotel going up, though, or growing up. There I was still the revenants there. I just saw the pile of brick. How how big was it? How many stories? That I wouldn't know. Uh huh. No, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't. You had no idea how the structure no. was. Was it like uh, a grander hotel than, let's say, the Dinkle? That hotel, I, which I was a three-story. I just know that there was uh-huh. that pile of brick there. Uh-huh. And it was supposed to be a hotel. Uh-huh. And after the railroad decided on Carbondale, they didn't. They never built the hotel. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? They uh, yeah, they never completed it. That's it. But uh, um, it was up long enough so that. Uh, uh, let's see. When was that? Uh, around 1887, um, the, uh, during they, they celebrated the construction of that hotel, and the Midland, I believe, ran a special uh, um, train up from Aspen or from Glenwood. From Glenwood. Let me, have you ever heard of that? Yes. And they they had a gala ball there, and uh, you know they really thought that they had a something going, a town site going, uh huh, but it never materialized. That um, that siding, and um, eventually a depot at the Midland operated would was right across the river though from the tank, right where the RV park is. Is that not true? That's where it was, or something. That, that I really stuff? don't know, but I. Uh-huh. It was uh, quite a race between the trains to get to Aspen. At oh, that time. right, right. There sure were. There yes. sure were. The uh, DNRG winning. But um, Isaac Cooper was really serious about getting this. There was a hotel. They persuaded the Tannies to take their post office, which was the main. A post office What's was the mainstay in any. Any community. So, yeah, any community, correct. And he convinced them to bring it to the tank so that um, as far as the Postal Service went, the tank correct. at that time was the yes. center of Yes, it was. And then later the on, Ottawa Tanny moved it to Carbondale, where, well, the, where Sophie Pat Borsik lived. Oh, she moved it back again? To Eventually, you think? After it was in the tank? Yes. But I, they had like a number of uh, I've, heard, I've read where they had like seven um, drinking establishments for alcohol, alcoholic beverages. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a store there. There was the hotel, which I think was you know supposed to be a pretty grand structure. Uh, but they didn't get the the one thing that they needed to make it a town. They didn't. Uh, it didn't ever became a town. They never got the railroad. Yeah, they didn't. Because uh, a number of coal barons. From up the Crystal Way, thought that uh, a better junction in the coal business would be Carbondale. And um, Isaac Cooper, he first he platted it as Cooperton, and then he called the town Rockford for a while. Because of the Rockford River, which is now the Crystal River. Right, it's exactly, in, in conjunction with uh, the Crystal, which was called the Rockford then. And um, 
when it looked like it was going to be a heated race for the uh, depot, he called the town Moffat in honor of David Moffat, hoping that uh, uh, that might that touch might uh, uh, render uh, David Moffat's verdict for his township or his growing town. But um, Cooper was very instrumental in Glenwood building up Glenwood. Right, all up and down the alley. It's too bad, yes. or all up and down the valley. All up and down the valley. Because there's Cooper Street in Aspen. And there is in, right, in, in Glenwood also. Named after him, right? Yes. And um, the people in Carbondale decided, hey, you know, maybe we are going to stick. So then they started plotting their town. And um, the... Uh, Coal barons, as it were, thinking. Well, at one time, well, our economy was coal. Uh-huh. We've gone through several economies. Right now, it's tourists. Tell us something about Satank as it is today. Well, Satank is. It has grown up so much. Yeah, it's just a bur. It's just a sideberg of Carbondale. They've closed down the bridge there, um, and that's been closed for oh many boy. years. Yeah, no, which is too bad because that crossing was probably one of the original crossings. It was uh, the center, the settlers used up and down this valley at that point, and um, that's more or less shut it off or anything except local traffic. Well, of course, now the traffic has to go around. They can't cross on the bridge. Or is there any? Right. Well, there's footpath traffic and bicycle and access and stuff like, like that. that, you know, for um, uh, outdoor enthusiasts. But but no, it's just more or less just a little side deal. And, and not part of Carbondale as far as sales tax goes or um, uh, we can't vote in elections. Or any of that. We do have an official them known as the Rockford Ditch, which conducts businesses or p- politics. Has you know? Yes. Rockford Ditch Association. But you know, Mary, I don't know. This is a question. I don't know if you can answer or not, and I don't know if anybody really could. Uh, do you, how do you disincorporate? Do you have to file? Uh, I don't know. Do you have to pay? Does the town have to pay a sales tax for a while? I mean, could, is that still a town out there? No, it isn't. No, because it hasn't it's kept to the processes. No, it hasn't gone through the complete process. Uh huh. So they would have to start from the ground up to become a town. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way it is growing, it'll soon become a town. Well, there's it, yeah, there's been a couple of. There's more room there, and uh, well, of the course the school being close by, too. Right, the school having that property that they don't wish to see develop yes, that's keeps right. a lot of open space around us, and that's which is really good. That's what everyone wants now, because everything's being built up on. Right, exactly. And then the highway that goes in there has had many names, as you mentioned, Mm-hmm. Dolores and Highway 106, right? County Road 106. I think it's it. I don't think see officially how it can get away from that name. So it's uh, although they have changed it now to Satank Road. That's the last, 
and that's what the uh, um, uh, the uh, road side reads. The road sign says to take road. You know, where it used to say Dolores. Well, that's the tank being at a Kiowa chief. Yes. Uh, who was prominent in the news at the time was uh, he lends his name to uh, the post office, and uh, it's my theory that the the township went through so many names that people really didn't know what to call it. First, they're calling it Cooperton, then they're calling it Rockford, then they're calling it Moffat. That they just called it the one constant that they knew of, which was the tank, being as the post office was there through all that. That. That is the name that stuck, and it that is what the area also had its nickname. District is the Yellow Dog. Oh, wow. had its nickname was Hogmore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess I'd rather have it Bonedale, which I don't like either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't like Bonedale, but but when you think about I, Hogsmore, it's I, the, the, the lesser of two. All. Yes. Um, uh, when uh, uh, the coal interest, as it were, decided to uh, uh, put the station in Carbondale, robbing um, Satank of its, oh, its uh, uh, heritage as a, uh, of the community in this central part of the valley. Yes. Um, I believe that's when the rivalry sort of got heated and the people in Satank started saying that the people in Carbondale were hogs more because they wanted to uh, keep everything in, you know, under their control. They hogged more. Well, it seemed that uh, Carbonell was a better site going toward Redstone. Oh, Island, yeah. Going toward Aspen and Basalt. And well, possibly. And then up to Thompson Creek, up to yeah. Marion and Spring Gulch and all of those places. You can see that, uh, or someone might point out that uh, uh, the confluence of the two rivers, yes. the Crystal and the Warren Fork, lent to... Uh, uh, Cooper's um, decision to plat that township there. There is quite a bit of flat land, nice pasture land over there. At that time, it was the Thunder River and the uh, um, Rockford. No, uh, river. really, the Thund- uh, Thunder River yes. is what they called uh, the Roaring Fork. The Roaring Fork was the Thunder River. Uh, why did it change its name, I wonder? I suppose the loss of the Indians or whatever. Who penned that, who gave it that yeah. name to begin with, right? Yes. Wow. And it's uh, it's growing and at one time, well, the um, uh, Trujillos live in the schoolhouse. Right, Val Trujillo there. Yeah. And that was... Uh, and his wife, uh, what's her name? Oh... I'll think of it. <laughs> she's well. The reason I mention that is, I guess she's a little under in the weather. Yes, weather she's not been well for a long time. No, we we're having some tank days today, and um, I don't think she's going to make it there. Well, she hasn't been going to any of the uh, activities that they used to go. But Oliver oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. is uh, very active, or has been very active, and uh, their residence being one of the original oh, buildings of, of that uh, town. Of course, they've made the schoolhouse over into a nice home. Right. They live in the old school, which mm-hmm. was the school that you went to as a child, coming down, running down from Spring Valley? No, didn't uh, no, I didn't uh, 
go to school there because oh, we didn't. went to school Spring Gulch. Okay, and Spring Gulch. And those okay. mines closed. We went to Glenwood. And then we were in Glenwood for oh, one Oh, you year. never went to that school there where Val lives? Yes, I went there for a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. But but not really enough to say I went to school no, there, right? I can't right, say right. that I was really registered there. But we did go to school there for a fall. Oh, probably couple of months or something like that uh -huh. when Lois Gherkin who was the Carbondale girl right. was teaching there right. well, and then you had to go back to Glenwood you had well, to go all the way to Glenwood to Carbondale, entered Carbondale oh, as right. an eighth grader right. no. and graduated as an eighth grader and and then also graduated from high school and taught there mm. so Carbondale right. was originally the uh, well I would say the uh, center of activity for all the mining camps around here. Uh-huh. Spring Gulch, Marion, and, and Sunlight. Well, Sunlight uh, Coal was Basin. closer to... Coal Basin. Well, Coal Basin was closer to Redstone. And okay. There. Uh-huh. But, as I say, it went from coal to, well, we had cattle and sheep, and potatoes, of course. Uh-huh. Many years having potatoes. Right. We even tried Let us not forget Potato Day, which <laughs> was just yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. It was fantastic. And our crowd was so big. And there, yeah, great crowd participation at that parade. I hate going crowd. to parade to a parade, and I'm just the only one watching, unless it's a Carbondale's uh, a St. Patrick parade. That's always fun, even if you're by yourself. But <laughs> well, it's, uh, the parade was it was great. We had some very nice floats. It was uh -huh. a little slow, but nevertheless, it was a very nice parade. Oh, it was great. And uh, then we can't hire, We don't get our bands. No oh, you were telling me that we had too much competition. Our bands would go to Grand Junction the, uh, during the same. The bands are all the local bands are at a band competition in Grand Junction yes. uh, on the same weekend as Potato yes. Day, right? And uh, that's when we changed Potato Day to coincide with Homecoming. And but still, we didn't get there. There was just one drum. This time, band, yes. yeah. But. Um, at one time when we had Potato Day, I've even known Potato Day to be in November because it was at the end of the harvest that we had Potato Day. Oh, is that and so? Now, it wasn't a fixed date. No, it wasn't a fixed date. Whenever the harvest was over, everybody was so grateful that it was over Yeah. that the uh, originators of the Potato Day got together and... Uh, one time everything was free. The farmers would donate the meat, and uh, the ladies in town would go to wherever the center was for potatoes and take home two, three dozen potatoes, bake them, and dig them out, and restuff them, and take them back. But our population was under 500 at that time. Uh -huh. <laughs> and now, of course, it's closer to 4,000 than the 500 we put up with. 4,000? For the is in that is that what the school district well, area is in, or it's in that neighborhood now this uh -huh. area not the town that is no itself right but considering Satank Carbondale uh, maybe Missouri Heights this whole thing that's no, four grand no that uh, that's Carbondale by itself oh is that so really just the, the town the boundaries look at the houses being built in Carbondale uh -huh. recently. Well, especially in the last ten uh, years. Uh, yeah, I have heard that it's doubled. That well, Carbondale population has doubled. doubled. Yes. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. So well, um, so if the 
if the harvest, if it was still warm, they just leave the potatoes in there, let them get bigger. Is that it? And you wouldn't harvest them then until no. the season ended, like in like maybe in November, like you were saying. Right now, they would harvest potatoes whenever, whenever the potatoes were ripe and ready to harvest. Oh, okay. But at that time, that was the main crop. Everybody uh-huh. raised potatoes, and uh, we would let school out so the kids could go home and help their parents with the potatoes, and we had competition. Yeah. Oh, and the uh, uh, what kind of um, apparatus dug a potato out at that time? Well, they they had the regular potato diggers, not the kind that we have now. Horse drawn. It was all horse drawn, and uh, it was well, it was Carmel's main event: potatoes. Period. Right, right. And then, of course, the Idaho potatoes came in and became really too expensive to to raise potatoes. Time you sorted them and planted them. And of course we had great big potato cellars. Each of these big right, right. great There's big still potatoes. I don't know how many are around. Uh, every once in a while somebody levels one and yes. it's a bummer. So I saw I hope, you know, historically yeah. Maybe we should keep that in mind then. And have at least one potato Yeah, right, exactly. As soon as it made such a big deal. So and, uh, Then, of course, we raised sugar beets. That wasn't too successful. No, is that so? We did have cattle and sheep, which we do have some yesterday, or the 10th. On the 10th, the uh, farmers brought their cattle in off the range. And two great big herds went past our house, or past on the street there by the college. Uh huh. And why on that street? Well, they don't want won't let them go up Main Street. So uh-huh. uh-huh. So they took the side street. Take that side uh-huh. street. They were uh, out from the summer pasture to the winter yeah, pasture. From the, from the winter pasture. And of course, it was very dry season for the cattle and all. But nevertheless, they looked like they were in pretty good shape. They came down. Well, uh, well, when was that? On the tenth. Just just this last month. Yes. This oh, is that so? Ago, oh, a couple oh, days ago. Oh, oh. really? Right. Yeah. Oh. And to hear them going through on our street, of course, raised, being raised on the farm, I love to hear the cattle. The mooing the cows and yeah yeah so but they took them through on the tenth but uh, of course now Satang has built houses oh there's not that many houses going in over there and we have houses growing up here in Carbondale and of course mm-hmm. we have a golf course on one side and one on the other uh, Carbondale does furnish water to Satang. At one time, the tank had only cisterns and wells. And I guess some people still have their wells, and I think some of them are now more or less polluted. But Carbondale does mm, furnish yeah. water. There will, yeah, they, they, there's a city water line there. There's right. a city water line Just there. a new main put in. Recently. Two th- yeah, two, three years back. Yes. Oh. At one time, Carbondale, well, 
Well, at one time, didn't everybody take their water out of the ditches? Whatever oh, yes, ditch association, that was yes, and I'm the, the supply. The town is working on putting them back, the ditches back, because Carbondale did not use sprinklers from the town ditch. They used the pumps out of the out of Rockford Ditch, the the ditch that goes down Seventh Street in front uh -huh. of the house. Uh huh. And uh, we we like to have the ditches back again. Oh, because some of them have been closed up. Some of them have. Well, we do. We have pumps that pumps the water out of the ditch that goes by their house. Mm -hmm. But you'd rather just put your spring your pump right directly into the ditch and have the ditch flowing. Much right? cheaper. Uh -huh. <laughs> Water's gone up so well. Building the new water equipment that we have, the facilities and everything has raised the water prices quite high for uh -huh. us poor old folks. <laughs> right. Well, you know, Mary, it's been great. Uh, I think we've come to about the bottom of our hour. Um, was there any last uh, word you can say about a potato well, or about Satank? Or? I would just hope that Satank, if this is their first annual get-together, that next year they will have a second annual, a second <laughs> and uh, build up, and they should because they are a community. Right, right, huh? Right. All right. Well, thanks very much for that wish for them, part of the community. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I'll ask one more last question. This will be my last question. McClure Pass. That has nothing to do with McClure potatoes, right? McClure, were McClure potatoes ever? That I don't know. Then around here. I know the Grubb family uh, brought in potatoes and uh, big a big potato out uh, outfit, right? I mean, uh, there was a there was a a train stop, oh wasn't yes. there? Not oh yes. now the Grubb place isn't it's that what's now Bob Perry place? Right, is it the Perry place or is it the three story thing that were DRC where the Brown Neil well, Brown place? Well, the whole place. thing at that time was uh -huh. just one farm. Right, where was the uh, uh, main farmhouse on that? Where the Perrys used oh, to live. Oh, where and the Perrys used to live? Before they built their house up on top. Uh -huh. About the same, around the same area? That there. was all the Grub uh, Ranch. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, thank you for bringing us the information that you have. And thank you, Mary. And it's been uh, great. You have quite an article in the little newspaper that used to be. Right, right, that we used to have. It was called Old Roaring Fork. Okay. Yeah, Old Roaring Fork. See everybody later. First hand, second hand. Otherwise, tonight it's going to be otherwise because we're going to talk about the many economies that this Carbondale community has seen. Going back to the use that has been well documented. documented. The Utes have been in this area for thousands of years. Mont Sopris was their mountain. It's our mountain now, too. Jerry? Well, um, there's been quite a few um, different enterprises come and go from the yes, valley. Yes, yes. I guess the first, the first, of course, was the uh, trapping and um, hunting. Uh -huh, the uh -huh. people coming in, of course, the youths were already here. 
then from the trapping and hunting went to oh prospecting ranching farming and uh, we've had so many different economies and we'll be talking about them as we go through this program oh, tonight. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, I guess you'd first have to say that um, one of the first legitimate uh, economic enterprises other than the trapping would be the mining. Mining. With um, Gold, the silver, silver boom started coal, in Aspen. Marble. All, all this right. mining is all that in coke, this area. Silver. Um, Charles E. Bennett is the first documented uh, prospecting party to uh, enter the Roaring Fork Valley. That was July 4th, 1874. He came over from Leadville, the, the strikes there, which started with gold and then went to a big silver bone, were generating so much. Uh, uh, interest in not only the uh, national economy but almost worldwide because of the amount of silver they were taking out of there and ores just all sorts of ores over there but um, even though the speculation was high about the amount of silver that was in the Aspen area and they, uh, a lot of shares in different silver mines were bought and sold and and all but it wasn't until Jerome Wheeler came and set up the first mill and smelter that uh, the mining industry really took off in a big way for Aspen. The uh, smelters, they still had to pack it out by um, uh, pack train, they Mule called uh, jack trains with uh, long trains of mules and that would go over... Uh, the divide over the pass to Leadville to be smelted, and um, even in up to Granite, I think, because Granite was on a rail line, and um, that would have been over Taylor Pass, I believe, and also as far as Buena Vista, they'd take the ore. But as soon as they could get it smelted and, uh, and milled here in Aspen, it was a lot easier to take that refined mm -hmm. substance and pack it by jack train out to the railroads than uh, the raw ore that they used to blast out of the mines. So that gave that that helped a lot for the, the bringing the people into this valley. Uh, you bet, you bet. Of course, the mining here we had the coal mining at Spring Gulch and Marion Sunlight. We had the marble mining, uh -huh. and uh, we've had the well, the mining was an industry. It was very vital to the economy of Carbondale. Right. Because Carbondale was more or less of a center, especially of uh, Marion and Spring Gulch. Well, and all the, uh, even from marble and um, redstone, Placida and Gold Basin came through Carbondale mm -hmm. through, our, through our railroads. What do you remember of the old um, uh, gold, or excuse me, coal mines in uh, well, Spring Gulch and Marion? I grew up in Spring Gulch, and of course it was a mining, coal mining town, and we had many, many uh, people coming in from different parts of the world. The 
the Italians, the Greeks, the Austrians, and um, it was probably oh, probably about 500 people there until the mines closed, and then the um, town, if you call it a town, it was rather a mining camp, faded away. Mm -hmm. Of course, now that area has become another economy, and that's skiing and snowmobiling. Oh, for sure, up there at Spring Gulch. So. Yes. You know, um, it was the Italians, Australians, and what other group did you mention? The Greeks. Um, you know, that centering on that Italian uh, and Austrian, now this would have been maybe like northern Italy, Austria, and that section of the old uh, uh, Austrian yes, used empire. To be so almost it would have been, Hungarian. even though it was different uh, nationalities, it was almost like they came from one uh, one central place on the globe. Although I, I I was I've always wondered what draw what drew the people from that particular this center to this part of the United States. Some people well, said that they liked it because it reminded them of home. Also, so. there's conflict. There's been conflict oh. in those areas all these years. Right, good point. Many of the people left there to escape that conflict. Uh huh. And came here and developed, the helped develop this community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the story of Jerome Wheeler. No, excuse me, not Jerome Wheeler, but um, John Cleveland Osgood. Yes. Um, yes. Is quite interesting in how he uh, helped develop the coal industry around this lower parts of the valley. Um, Osgood himself was, uh, he was orphaned at the age of seven and raised by relatives back east in Brooklyn, but um, happened to marry into the, to the Macy family of the um, Macy's department store. And I think he married a niece of Macy's, and there were several deaths in a short period of time, and uh, the power fell to uh, a younger brother or who um, needed help running the store and uh, uh, or running the firm and Osgood bought in and that was how he made his initial fortune. Um, he was uh, very active in the American Spring Gulch mines also but he was rather squeezed out by J.P. Morgan and Rockefeller. <laughs> you know, I got my stories mixed up. I'm so embarrassed about this, Mary, but uh, I was telling the story of um, uh, Wheeler. <laughs> I was oh. telling the story about Jerome Wheeler. That's where he made, made his money. Excuse me, oh, not Osgood. Okay. Um, uh, let me re-step here again. Osgood, okay. uh, um, he didn't have to marry anybody. He became a bookkeeper with... Um, uh, who did he become a bookkeeper for? Although he, I was correct in the first part that he was a an orphan, but uh, and he made his way out into the world when he was only fourteen years old. But oh, he became a bookkeeper for a Union uh, Coal Company, and um, that's where he learned his expertise about coal. Then when he was sent out here 
by um, the Burlington and Quincy Railroad to scout coal reserves, he uh, ran into a couple prospectors who were out looking for gold and silver. Uh, um, and they were in the mountains around Redstone somewhere when they saw uh, a big avalanche. When they went to uh, explore the avalanche, they stumbled upon uh, veins of coal. They weren't really interested in the coal at the time. But they did stake a claim, which they sold to Osgood for $500. And he developed that coal stake and a couple oh, others around here into millions and millions of dollars. The rest is history, as they say. Documented history, for that matter. For sure, for sure. From the mining, we go to ranching. Many people came, especially the French Italians who came here, homesteaded and uh, farming or ranching became the main economy. And at one time, raising of potatoes were absolutely everybody's livelihood. Oh, uh -huh. right. Now, I really can't name any one particular person who's raising potatoes for well, nationwide transportation of that kind. We had one farmer who raised potatoes on black soil, but uh, he thought that uh, the potatoes that were raised on red soil would bring more money, so when he'd sack his potatoes, he would always sprinkle some red soil. Oh, <laughs> right. Sacks. Is that so? But nevertheless, the uh, right now, instead of raising potatoes, raising sugar beets, raising hay, grain, we're raising houses. The ranchers and farmers are selling off oh. their um, undesirable farming land, the flat land, for houses. Oh, you bet the housing industry is big. Right now, now, the housing industry, the second hand, the second homes, and the construction is our main economy right now, and tourists. Housing, definitely housing and tourists. Definitely. I'd say were the main economic yeah. drives. Um, you know, back in those old days, like uh, when potatoes were so big, the, um, the Crystal Railroad. You know, going up the crystal, didn't it used to stop like at like the Sewell? Isn't the Sewell Ranch? Wasn't that uh, a big potato farming ranch well, at one time? And the railroad made a direct stop there at that ranch. That well, at one time we had a railroad going on the Sewell property up Thompson Creek, but that only made one trip. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. But the um, train that went the on Elk up Mountain to Railroad, I think maybe. Went up onto Redstone and to Marble would bring in well all kinds of things. The um, ranching became cattle and sheep and we've had cattle and sheep wars in the in the past. The uh, ranching well the uh, railroad that we had going through town would haul away train load after train load of cattle and sheep and would bring in one time it would bring in the fall it would bring in grapes 
and everybody would have grapes and make their own wines. I've heard of that. that. I've wasn't heard of really, that. There wasn't really an industry. That was just a side issue. They used to buy them yeah. by the carload, yes. didn't they? Bring them and in. So uh, then, of course, the um, different uh, here in town, we've had different uh, many stores. You had a one store at one time, and we had two or three. We had our own bakery. Then we had one doctor, and then we had two doctors. Now we have a dentist. We have an eye specialist. All of this is an economy that Carbondale has reduced. Uh-huh. We have mm-hmm. the nursing home. We have the senior housing. We have all kinds of other industries that have supported our Carbondale town. Right. And of course, at one time, we had one school from 1 to 12. Now we have the elementary and middle school, junior high school, high school. That's all a different economy again. You know, um, I haven't seen that many sheep here in my short duration of time. I've only been here maybe 13 years. Well, um, Elmer Bear, of course, had sheep that he would summer in marble and then take to Utah in the wintertime. And then we had more cattle ranches and sheep ranches. Uh-huh. You always did. Sheep was yeah. never the predominant no, livestock. It was, was always, it was always, always cattle. cattle. Um, do you know anything about the grub ranch? Was that a... Uh, yes, the grub ranch now is uh, really the Bob Perry place. Uh-huh. And uh, um, Grubb was uh, very instrumental in developing the potato um, economy. Uh huh. And of course, also cattle. Also, another stop, I think, on the Crystal Railroad, no. which it may, which amazed me that your home or your ranch was actually a depot and stopping place. Of course, they had to load up all the potatoes quite naturally. Well, they were mostly but hauled to town. Oh, was that so? Uh-huh. And, uh, but in the boxcars here in town, as well as the cattle. How many, what percentage of, of the population could you predict or of, of the business or the ranching population or agriculture population uh, dealt in potatoes at the time? Well, practically everyone did. Mm-hmm. Because that was the outstanding uh, crop. If you were a farmer, you raised potatoes. You raised potatoes. And if we would, at school, we would dismiss the kids so they could go home and help their parents pick potatoes. No, they never raised too many strawberries around here. That was more or less around Glenwood. No, we didn't raise the strawberries. But we did raise, well, sugar beets at one time. Uh Uh-huh. And then, of course, grain and hay. That was... Well, we had the cattle and needed the grain and the hay. Right. I wonder how come uh, the, the strawberry industry or strawberry farming, agriculture. That I never don't know too much about. And I wonder why it never played it in around in here. Glenwood. You know, um, uh, going back to the mining um, industry, uh, Osgood. 
not only found several coal fields around this part of the of the valley, he also uh, documents the first mentioning of the of marble, of the marble uh, vein. Let's see if I can find anything here. And I guess that vein will last forever. The size of it. Yeah, boy. It's been a. I've had. I was up there as a. I remember I, I was up there as a child. My father took us to walk up there. You used to have to walk clear from the base. It's quite a long yes, walk. Yes, you had to so walk up to the top because it was mined from the top. Now that they have reopened the mine, it's mined from the bottom. Now, um. That, um, that's Yule Creek right yes, next to it. So yes. that's exactly where the, the first strike yes. was, where the first vein was. Well, I can't seem to find where I, I um, had my information on Osgood finding that. that uh, and of course, Osgood uh, marble. built redstone, and he was very concerned about his workers and that they had a good place to live rather than just camping out or something of that kind. Hmm. Well, I can't find where... Oh, here it is. Uh, let's see. Well, I can't find it at all. But he, uh, the first mention, the first documented mention of the marble uh, vein up there is... Uh, a letter that Osgood wrote to a friend of his, and uh, so, but I, I, I believe he started the, uh, the marble uh, quarrying up there, but uh, it, it was later left over for to a gentleman by the name of Channing Meeks took over the operation up there. If you, if you have you ever heard no, of him, I don't know the Colonel that. Channing Meeks who who died while trying to to jump away, jump off a runaway tram, the electric tram that ran away. It, that used to get out of hand well, that, all the time the, yes, up there at the quarry. because that was very, very steep. Right, and uh, I believe Elmer Bear himself, Elmer Bear who was Bill Smith, the... Uh, would uh, bring that train... Well, you can't call it a train. It was just a... A tram? A tram, more than anything yeah, else. And... Uh, when they brought the first marble block through town, we dismissed school so the kids could go out uh -huh. and see that great big block. Which was about as big as what? Or the tomb of the old known soldier. That original quarry piece was, uh, what was it, like about as big as a boxcar, perhaps? It was on two boxcars. Oh, is that so? Yes. Uh -huh. Or two flat cars? Two flat cars. I meant flat cars. Huh, I'll be darned. As it went by, and of wow. course it was... It was something what to see that. What a hall. Now, where did they carve that at? Do you know? I don't know that. They took Art it to Denver? They took it out e back east? They took it east. Uh-huh. Wow, what and a production. And, of course, it was pure white marble. That's one advantage of this. Marble is pure white marble. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, uh, let's see, we covered... Most of the mining, there, that was all that was a reminder on here, was coal, marble, and silver. Is that correct? Was there anything yes. else recall? Well, not much gold. <laughs> uh -huh. Not here. Uh -huh. 
lining when it's painted out why then they, they had to go to other kinds of industry which was the farming and the ranching right and um, the different occupations here in town yeah what shot the silver industry down was they repealed the sherman silver purchasing act which was a subsidy to prop up silver because that was what was backing most of the currency in the United States. But um, it was um, Grover Cleveland, and when he was running for president, uh, there was the idea, he popularized the idea, well, that uh, it was the, um, the backing of silver that was causing uh, the inflation in the currency in the United States that they should just go back to a gold standard and get off the silver standard. And they bought so much silver, the government did, a year to keep the price of silver up so that they could use it to back the currency, that they figured that was, was causing uh, bank closures and uh, other inflationary occurrences. So uh, they cut back. the uh, They eliminated that subsidy, the silver... Uh, the Sherman Silver Purchasing Act of, of 1890. They got rid of it. Um, uh, they went back to the gold standard. Right now we're The selling. prices of silver fell. And mm -hmm. in one week, um, the mining population in Aspen dropped from 2,250 miners to 150 miners in one week. The yes. And you know now there's people that have gold are selling their gold. Uh, uh, oh, people now, that right uh, now. have uh, invested in gold. Yes. Are they're dumping it back in the market? Putting it back in market. I wonder why they're doing that. Well, gold is. I don't understand that economy at all, but I've been listening to it on the radio. Uh huh. And you know. Uh, not only did the silver miners suffer when uh, everyone they suffered. repealed that, right, everybody suffered. The coal mining industry took a hard hit because they didn't need all that coal and coke at the smelters to help uh, to mill, to help smelt the, the silver. So there was a large drop in the need for coal around here. And it, was, it took a long while before um, uh, Osgood got back and got that... These holdings back on their feet again. You know, he, by that time he was, uh, I think, the proprietor of Colorado Fuel and Iron, and you know it was a pretty big hit that for that big company. But they've had to divest it enough by then that pretty soon they could get back up. But it wasn't just the silver industry that f that collapsed with that, as far as the local mining went. Now, instead of mining, we're building houses. Mm-hmm. Building buildings of all kinds. Uh-huh. They're growing right and out of the, the they're growing right out of the ground. Growing. We're just having that population moving in. At one time they would come into Leadville, then to Aspen, and then down Valley. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like they're coming right straight to They're coming to from Carmel. all directions. <laughs> from all directions. They're coming from everywhere. Yes. And uh, it is an economy here in town, 
And of course, the town is being built up, the population from some 200 people. Now they're right in town, approximately between three and 400 people, right in the city limits. Right. Well, you know, we were going to talk about uh, the industries of the, of the valley, and uh, we c- we'll probably talk about them more at another time because the mining industry had such an impact. We talked mostly about that yes. for this half hour, right now and we couldn't you couldn't even scratch the surface on that. Right you know. now, our mining is isn't our main there industry at all. There isn't a mining. Well, no. Colorado Eagle, that would be it. So. And they're more uh, esoteric, and they don't, they don't, they aren't really in full production. I don't think up there. I've never been up there to watch them. I don't know. Or know exactly how the process goes, but they are the only one that's coring any ore. I don't know if you call that coring ore there, but I don't think it would be an ore because it's pure uh, marble. Well, okay, Mary. I guess we should, we can start to wrap it up here. We're about 27 minutes after the hour of 7 o'clock here at KDNK Community nope. Radio, coming to you from Carbondale, Colorado. And we'll talk about this another time because our valley, our town is growing. Thank you for listening to another fantastic installment of This I Remember by Mary Ferguson. For the full archive of all of the episodes, please visit carbondalhistory.org. If you would like to be able to search through the entire transcription library of all of her episodes, please email info at carbondalhistory.org. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. Subscribe.